Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Very good Thursday morning to you. One day and a wake up before Christmas. That's right. So, for all you Christmas maniacs, it's almost here. Yeah, so how exciting is that? It's way exciting. Come on, man. Everybody knows that. Visions of sugar plums dancing in their head. That's right. So you got that going for you. Um, Jeff Kenny, Tim, uh, Tim Lynch is not around and will join me this morning. That's right. So at the end of a very Mensa Christmas. Yeah, you'll hear them talking about, what do we talk about? We talk about Russia for a while. We talk about <clears throat> gross domestic product leaders around the world, which is kind of interesting, which got us talking about Russia. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you'll hear from them. And, um, and then... Everybody's got stuff to do, right? Christmas shopping. Yeah. Hope, hopefully you got yours done. Our Christmas for the second straight year has been postponed by COVID. And um, so we will open up a couple presents on Christmas Day. And then we will do Christmas as we would traditionally do it um, probably the following weekend. Yeah, because Colleen has COVID. You wouldn't know it by watching her, but she does. So it turns out I did not have it. Yeah, whatever symptoms I had, I don't know. Maybe I had a cold 
or maybe it was a false negative and I am positive, which means I would have to go back and get the antibody test. Hmm. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I paid 110 bucks for that test. <laughs> what a joke. So anyway, um, yeah, but my daughter, otherwise you would not know she, otherwise her, other than her bitching about not being able to taste anything. Yeah. You would not know that anything is wrong with that woman. So, um, yeah, but for the second year in a row, COVID impacts our Christmas and, uh, <clears throat> we will delay it. So, uh, which is fine. I mean, who cares? Christmas and new year on the same day or something like that. So, yeah. So exciting stuff. So that going on, what else is going on? It's supposed to rain here for the next few days. And which means my fence is going to fall down, which is all right. Um, <clears throat> then that can get replaced. So uh, that going on. And then all the crazy insanity with uh, COVID um, surging, but the virility of the strain of COVID, not so much. So not so many hospitalizations, blah, 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 blah. So <clears throat> all, that to, uh, all that to work with here on a Thursday. So uh, good morning to you. The United States Marine Corps Band. Uh, we'll make this morning official. Actually, they won't. Whitney Houston, it is Thursday, right? Which means it's actually Friday. And so, um, so yeah. Good morning to everybody out there. Uh, hope you're in the Christmas spirit. You should be if you're not. And uh, here's Whitney Houston. This is dedicated to uh, everybody 
having a good Christmas out there. And so I would I would encourage you to be mindful of uh, of the people that are your friends that may struggle this time of the year. And just uh, just a little reminder: uh, make sure you reach out to them, uh, whether it's a call, a text, or whatever, and say how you doing, what's up. It'll be much appreciated. <laughs> Betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think. And you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that thank you very much. <clears throat> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And so our major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win. Totally tubed uh, Totally tubed the Christmas theme music this year. Not sure. Brenda Lee, one of my favorites. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear voices singing, let's be jolly dead. Thaws with my arms of party, rocking around the Christmas tree, have a happy holiday. I'm Brenda Lee. Come on. Everybody loves that. The, um... 
check the weather right now. Currently, it is partly sunny and 38 in Quantico. Cherry Point, North Carolina. It is partly sunny, 45. 29 Palms, California. Partly sunny, 51. So that temperature's gone up a bit. Camp Pendleton, cloudy and 55. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloudy, 68. Okinawa, dark raining, 70. Manila, dark cloudy, 80. And Darwin, cold, dark cloudy, 79. Yeah. Currently, in the Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area of Southern California, it is 57 degrees under cloudy skies. Flood watch in effect. What? What, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. Flood watch in effect until Thursday at 7 p.m. Hmm? And then a small craft advisory. Here's another Christmas song. But I'm not going to play it. Here's a great Christmas song. Elvis, the man, the myth. I'm the legend himself. <laughs> yeah, come on. So, yeah, flood watch here in Southern California for a couple days. Yeah, not for like a couple hours, a couple days. Who knew, right? Um, so... Looking for a high of 100%, 100% chance of rain today. 61 degrees here. Tomorrow, 50% chance of rain and a high of 61. Saturday, 59. 24% chance of rain. Sunday, the same. Monday, 70% chance of rain and a high of 56. So, drought, not so much. Yeah, so if you live up in the Sierras... You'll be uh, expecting snow. Yeah, that's exciting, huh? Yeah, don't you know? So that is a look at your weather. Take a look at the news headlines before uh, Will and, and Jeff join me. Jeff back in the Eastern White House in um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, so... He's home for a week or so, so he, he's excited, and you'll get to hear from him. Jeff's always funny. Um, and I saw, as I was perusing the news, one of the things that comes up is uh, gross domestic products, so I think you'll find that interesting. I quizzed them. Yeah. I quizzed them on... Um, the top um, by region. Asia. <laughs> we don't need to hear that. Brenda Lee, that one. You've heard Bruce Springsteen. And that's about, I mean, in my repertoire. Alvin and the Chipmunks? 
<laughs> Should we go there? Yeah. After that, my repertoire is kind of thin. What I like? Yeah, not so much. How about Burl Ives? <laughs> you know what I remember about this song? It was, I think it got used to sell Norelco electric razors. Electric uh, razors, shavers, what do you call those things? They had the rotary heads on them? Yeah. I remember Santa coming down a, uh, a snow hill on a Norelco, you know, a, a Norelco razor with the swiveling heads. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Time to take a look at some news headlines before I bring in my friends here. Top story in... Do I need to be serenaded by that? Uh, no, Burl Ives, I don't. Um, U.S. Army weeks away from announcing an umbrella COVID-19 vaccine it developed, according to a report. Now, this story's got a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, news news in it, in terms of news news coverage. Army researchers will reportedly announce soon that they have created a vaccine that effectively fights all forms of COVID-19, including the new Omicron variant, which is ravaging the U.S. and Europe. You know, this ravaging, not so much ravaging, right? Infecting, certainly, but with mild symptoms, oh yeah. Is that ravaging? I don't think so. Anyway, Scientists at Walter Reed Army Institute of Research told Defense One that news of the breakthrough is expected to be made public within weeks. In human trials so far, everything has been moving along exactly as they hoped. Quote, it's very exciting to get to this point for our entire team and I think the entire Army as well. Go Army. Absolutely. Dr. Kayvon Mojared, the leader of the Institute's Emerging Infectious Disease Diseases Unit, told Defense One in an interview for an article published on Tuesday. The vaccine known as uppercase F, lowercase P, uppercase FN, which stands for spike ferritin nanoparticle. It has shown effectiveness not, effectiveness not only against COVID-19, but also against previous SARS viruses. God bless the Army. From the beginning, the developer's goal was to create a vaccine that could protect broadly and proactively against current and future strains. Quote, we decided to take a look at the long game rather than just focusing on the original emergence of SARS and instead understand that viruses mutate, which will, there will be variants that emerge. Mojared told Defense One, our platform and approach will, will equip to be prepared for that. How about that? The first phase of human trials began in April and wrapped up this month. Two additional human trial phases must still be completed. Mojared said the trials took longer than expected because researchers needed test subjects who were unvaccinated and also who had never been infected with COVID-19. The emergence of the vir virulent Delta and Omicron variants made it tougher to find people who met both criteria, he said. In a statement in April, 
at the start of the human trials, Mojared said that the SPFN will pave the way for a universal vaccine that will stop coronavirus variants before they can create another pandemic. What do you know about that, right? How about that? Well, there's a story for you. That's good news. So um, that in the news today. Top story in the Wall Street Journal today. Consumer spending slowed in November. Number two story. Omicron surge complicates challenge of unruly airline passengers. COVID-19 marches towards endemic status in U.S. as Omicron spreads. But again, um, Omicron, not so much. And, And again, with this experience should come some measure of, yes, it's a variant of COVID. Is it the same? No. Therefore, right, we've already locked this thing down. We've already isolated kids. We're not going to do that. We're going to, you know, we're going to take the appropriate measures as we see fit. We're monitoring it and all the rest of the things you say. But, but locking everybody up again, not going to do that. So anyway, That in the news. Top story in the New York Times is um, and this is kind of interesting this headline and here's why. The New York Times is essentially calling out the president. Yeah. So the headline is this 500 million free COVID tests question mark they're still weeks away. Although President Biden could sign a contract to buy home test kits in days, delivery is weeks off, if not longer, amid a global shortage. With the Omicron variant surging, Americans are scrambling to locate the hard-to-find tests so that they know whether they are infected during the holidays. So the headline is, the contracts still have not been signed. It's kind of interesting that the New York Times is is taking the president to task, which you don't see very often. Next headline, New York City schools had by far their most disrupted, dis- disrupted week of the semester. What will happen after the winter break? And again, another example of Elected officials, not to be confused with leaders, overreacting, and doing the wrong thing. So that in the news today. Top story in USNI news is Chinese carrier group drills in the Pacific Ocean. The Carl Vinson strike group wraps up an exercise in Australia. Those are news headlines. There's also a uh, a report by a Congressional Research Service about U.S.-China strategic competition in the South and the East China Sea. And then this is something that you see 
you know, at the end of the year, um, top stories relative to U.S. Navy operations in 2021. Number one, the Indo-Pacific. Number two, the Middle East. Stories by stories by region in the Atlantic. This year saw the UK's maiden deployment of its new aircraft carrier, HMS Queen Elizabeth. So that was a big deal. Got all the way to the Pacific and the South China Sea. Um, in the uh, top story in the Middle East. The year began with the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group operating the North Arabian Sea. And then the last story in the group is after the withdrawal of, in Afghanistan concluded at the end of August, the USS Reagan left Central Command in mid-September. Central Command, not so much now, right? Got some people in Iraq and operations in the region, but, right, Afghanistan, done. There's a there's stories about Navy, United States Navy maintenance, which is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. So <clears throat> that is a, that's in the news, in their top stories. And uh, specifically, uh, the major story is the USS Connecticut, as it is limped back on the surface, um, and it's it's made its way back to Bremerton. So bad in the news. But again, looking to see if there's any final news on the Article 32 hearing that was taking place in San Diego the past couple weeks relative to the USS Bonhomme Richard. Stop the story in Marine Corps Times is who's getting the biggest military housing allowance bumps in 2022, which means it's a slow news day, Okay. So no new news to report. Therefore, we report stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> top stories in the early bird. Number one, Russia claims U.S. mercenaries plan a chemical attack in the Ukraine. Um, Vladimir Putin had, a, had, a very, had his annual longer-than-long press conference. And then accompanying that, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Soigu claimed Tuesday that U.S. mercenaries were preparing Ukrainian special forces and radical armed groups for active hostilities in eastern Ukraine and had delivered an unidentified chemical component to the region to commit provocations. Now, Vladimir Putin had similar things to say, right? And again, now Russia is being set upon. Yeah, film at 11. White House to deploy a 1,000 more troops to help with the COVID surge. The Capitol Police Chief can now unilaterally ask for National Guard help in emergencies. And that is in a bill signed by the president. Few airmen appeal vaccine exemptions denied by their COVID-19 Appeals. Air National Guard members now have until December 31st to be fully vaccinated before facing punishment. So you're seeing, you know, and, and I will tell you this in talking to people, it's like, hey, look, there's people that want it out. And they saw this as a way out. Just refuse the vaccine. I'll get the fuck out. They want out now. He said most are not like that. There's some very principled people that say, I don't want it. I will not take it. And they 
they'll take their medicine. Um, operational headlines. Putin says Russia has nowhere to retreat over the Ukraine. Vladimir Putin on Tuesday said that Russia had no room to retreat in the standoff with the United States over the Ukraine and would be forced into a tough response unless the West dropped its aggressive line. So what is the uh, West's aggressive line? That NATO wants to be aligned with the West. That's the West's aggressive line. That NATO, NATO, that the Ukraine wants to be aligned with the West. That the Ukraine or Ukraine wants to be part of NATO. Right. And Vladimir Putin isn't having it. So there you go. Uh, next headline from the Washington Post, U.S. moves to expand Afghan aid in hopes of easing a humanitarian crisis. The Treasury Department on Wednesday issued new licenses to loosen sanctions restricting assistance to Afghanistan following a wave of appeals from aid organizations, lawmakers, and others to prevent economic collapse and massive starvation. There you go. Um... The Organization of Security and Cooperation in Europe, entitled OSCE, says a ceasefire agreement has been reached for the eastern Ukraine. Negotiators from Ukraine, Russia, and OC agreed to restore a full ceasefire between the Ukrainian government forces and Russian-backed separatists in the eastern Ukraine OC said on Wednesday. Uh, just so you know, that never holds. Okay. Um, this is an article in Business Insider. The U.S. military has overall carried out 439 aerial attacks in 2021. That is a 54% drop from the year previous under Donald Trump. So that probably to be expected with the evacuation of, of Afghanistan. You, evacuation, defeat, whatever. what do you want to call it? Ukraine military conducts drills with U.S. missiles near separatist regions. Ukrainian military forces have conducted combat drills with U.S.-made Javelin anti-tank missiles in a conflict area with separatists in eastern Ukraine as tensions run high with Russia. So Ukraine putting up a good front. On a volatile border between China and India, a high-altitude military buildup is underway. Following 13 rounds of inconclusive negotiations between military commanders since June of 2020, the standoff is now entering a, win a second winter, an unprecedented development that is stretching logistics and budgets, especially for India. And that is India's border situation with China. So that is a look at your news this morning on the 23rd day of December. And... Um, my friends, the Mensa Brothers, joined me a little bit ago. We had a chance to record something for today. And so you will get to hear Will and Jeff wax eloquent. And so without further ado, this is them. It is Thursday. Tim Lynch. Um, he's not with us today. He's on his way to San Antonio. and But joining me from Kansas is uh, Will C., the artist, uh, Will, first of all, give us a weather report from Kansas. How are things? You ready for, and are you ready for Christmas? Um, 
Yeah, I didn't. I just let my dog out a few minutes ago, and I think it rained last night, which means it's warm in Kansas. So let's check the temp. Oh, it's 45 degrees in Kansas on December 20, what, 23rd? Yeah. Thank God for global warming. That's, uh, uh, so, what, that, so what's that translate to the daytime high in the 60s? Oh, uh, 59. There you go. How and tomorrow, Christmas Eve, 70. <laughs> I'm telling you, all you people out there should thank me. I've been throwing plastic bottles right in the trash for years, you know, trying to bring on this weather. Let me speak. It's finally for, come. Let me speak for a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome. And you're, so and you're, no, I'm you're not ready fight. for Christmas. You're not. I got, I got a whole bunch of people, and I got a good menu lined up, and now I just got to go find the ingredients for the menu. So. That's that's today's challenge. Who are you taking with you on that shopping trip? I don't know. I don't know who's, who'll be up and at him, you know? I would recommend your daughter. This would be. Right. It could be one, yeah. All right. Also, jo she's up for it. also joining us is Joseph. Hey, before we do that, I yes. just had to ask you. You say Tim Lynch is not with us and he's on his way to San Antonio. <laughs> he's That's not, not metaphorical for no. anything, is it? No, he's not in a casket. He's in an automobile. Okay. Just, All right. just, I didn't I wasn't quite just, sure what you meant by he's on his way to San Antonio. I think the phrase is no longer with us. Not with us. Okay. All right. All right. But I appreciate the clarification. And also from San Clemente, Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat, Jeffrey Kenny sporting his No, are you in the Eastern White House now? Yes, I am. Oh, so he's in the Easter White House. That's where the Technicolor Dreamcoat robe is? Yes, that's where all my clothes are. <laughs> all right, so he's wearing his favorite robe, as he described it to us earlier. In my office. In his office? Not, in Vegas, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so Jeffrey, uh, how long do you have for your Christmas holiday? Till uh, after New Year's. I'll be here for a while. Whoa. What are you going to – you have any big plans for your all your free time? Um. There was a, a, a I missed it. But there was a first recon battalion reunion out here uh, last week, <coughs> and they went to this thing called the Leatherneck Lounge or Leatherneck Club. So I'm going to find that place and just I'll take pictures of it and show you guys. But uh, apparently it's a big deal here, you know. So, and then I'm gonna uh, I'm not going to do much. I'm going to just hang out here in my house. I got a nice bed. I got a good office. I don't have to look at anybody. I can actually go hours without seeing anybody. <laughs> so. I got my dogs. I got uh, two Norwegian Elkhounds now. One that's a uh, that's uh, like four years old, and one that's uh, like couple, like not even seven months old. Oh, a puppy. You got a puppy. Yeah. So uh, so a week off for you. So that's. Oh, good. and I have I have a wife around here somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, I didn't see her yet this morning. I haven't even been down and got coffee. I just woke up and. Rolled out. Are we still doing this thing? Do you yeah, want so. Do you want us to pause and I can nah, I can? No, nah, I'm fine. Do you I need coffee? Water. You got water? No, nah. not a light substitute. Just for the record. Now I, I want to ask you guys a podcast guest question. So as I kind of reexamined um, Timmy's analysis of the Wizard of Oz, what I found out was that it was total bullshit. Okay, he found a paper that was written in the 70s as he did his little show prep and he was reading he was, he was reading from that paper and when you read like what what is it L Frank Baum his his yeah. what, what 
what his family said, oh, where does that come from? Oh, that comes from that. Oh, no, yeah. no, that comes from that. So Baum interprets the West where he went to South Dakota in the 1880s and 90s, and it did turn out well. So the promise of the West, that's why the Wicked Witch, the evil one, is from the West, right? <coughs> and, right. and so all these things that Timmy represented were total bullshit, fabricated in the 60s to fit somebody's political spin. As it turns out, we'll see is the most right. And his, Why does that surprise anybody? <laughs> in that it's there, right? You're going to go looking for it afar, but it's right in front of you, whether it be happiness or courage or brains or what was the other one? Brains, um, heart. Yeah, heart. Heart. Um, so, romance. Yeah, yeah so his, his family, his, I don't know about romance, but his family says, oh, the Yellow Brick Road, yeah, that was a thing near his military academy in, in some place in New, upstate New York. There's a Yellow Brick Road. Oh, the Scarecrow, that comes from one of his dreams that he used to talk about that he had as a kid, and he was afraid the Scarecrow used to chase him and attack him. Oh, the Tin Man, that was a, a, a an exhibit he built when he was working at a retail store in a display window. So well, I'm reading this. Weird. I'm reading this, and every time I read one of these things, I'm thinking, fucking Timmy, man. He like totally fucking he this is that and that was the second day in a row. He 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 did it to me the day before with the um have you seen Delta Force's webpage? I know, <laughs> right? So I'm just curious about your thoughts on bringing nonsense into the podcast as your duty as a guest. Well, I took a when I was in college, I took a um the intellect course, the intellectual history of Europe and America 1870 until the present which in those days which was like 1985 right so uh they go through marx and uh and marcuse and engels and freud and then they get to uh they start talking about the united states and they talk about um the the uh the uh um uh, the uh Popul the, the, popular yeah the populist the populist movement in reaction to uh to the basically industrialization of the United States, and so the uh, they they uh, they use Wizard of Oz, and they say and they say exactly what Timmy said. This is when I was in college, and the professor is saying this is a manifestation of uh, of that. And uh, this was one of the better professors I had. He wasn't like a moron, you know. But <laughs> it's interesting, you know. So uh, I thought, yeah, all right, you know, that sounds. Right. And uh, but then uh, I talked to my dad about it. Right. He said, hey, look, that movie's made in that movie's made in 1939. Everything they made during those years was a result of those years, you know, like Grapes of Wrath, Oxbow Incident, Mice and Men. All those things that came out then were because people wanted to, you know, people were hurting. He said, but then there's other movies like these stupid tap dance movies and stuff like that that came out to do nothing. Cowboy movies to to kind of distract people and people would pay out the ass. It costs a dime to go to the movies. It costs a nickel to get a big thing of popcorn. And uh, they would go and pay and pay and pay. And Wizard of Oz was one of those escapist types. So the three screenwriters, and I sent you, you know, who they were, they just 
wanted to make a snappy story that uh, would scare the kids a little bit and thrill them a little bit. You know, and the one thing that, and I, I know you probably found this out, Matt, this guy, Baum, he didn't believe in putting romance in his stories. It, it was all asexual, you know, and uh, and they pretty much stuck by that. I mean, here's Dorothy. She got to be 28 years old when she made that movie, you know. Uh, um, um, uh, oh, fuck, what's her name? Um, Judy Garland. Judy Garland, you know. But in the book, she's like a little girl. She's like, she's only about 11 or 12. But the, instead, they got fucking Judy Garland's big 130-pound <laughs> ass flying through the sky in Kansas, you know. <laughs> and so singing, and singing like only Judy Garland sings. The um... uh, yeah, she sings. Yeah, so Mac, though, you said the, the the question was, the guests came on and spewed nonsense on all marine radio, and you were seemingly offended by that. <laughs> no, 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 if, no, 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 no. You... I get my question to get my exacto knife out is, the fact that you guys come on and spew nonsense is nothing new. Okay. <laughs> The fact that Timmy fabricated nonsense, that, that he knew, that he brought on non-organic nonsense, his own nonsense is considerable, right? We, we know that. But my, my point is this. In his quote-unquote show prep that he pulls off, he said at least 90 seconds before we started, right? I don't know if I should find that offensive or not. And that was my, that's, that's my question. The fact that he shouldn't. He did, he shouldn't. Okay. You, should, you shouldn't take offense when none is intended. Okay. A right. form of selfishness. You know? <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> to take offense but, when none is intended is all a right, form but of don't selfishness. Forget, don't forget one of Jeff's words to live by. People everything. say don't take it personally. Take <laughs> everything. it personally. <laughs> everything is personal. You know what? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Again, if you listen to somebody long enough, right? They will circle the wagon for you. And there's, not, there's nothing sweeter than stuffing their own words up their own ass, right? right? To, quote, to quote Bill Lind, or paraphrase what he said in that little pithy, snarky statement he ended his letter with. What did he say? Rarely is something so exquisite, right? Something like that. It was a great, it was a great line. The, uh, all right. Uh, Jeffrey, are you ready for Christmas? Yes. <laughs> what do you? That's pr- kind of definitive. So you bought all your presents and you're ready to go. They're all wrapped, and but do you not I, do anything? Yes, in that? I did. Yeah. We're, well, um, we're still working on the tree here because it's somewhere in the garage. Actually, Lori found it yesterday, so <laughs> we'll probably do that today, tomorrow, um, and then uh, then the, everyone will start congeal. We'll probably have about. Um, see one two three of Lori's kids will be here so hey hold on i have to turn my fucking dryer off i just realized my dryer's on in studio a hold on okay and we're back the um yeah all right. Um, let's see. What's in the news? Is there any current event that will that that uh, has uh, broken squelch for you? Um, I didn't look at the news yet this morning. I was up late. Um, how did how the how'd you fare? 
Oh no no, I was home. Oh, you were home. You weren't. You weren't fleecing. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't finish dinner till nine o'clock last night. Got it. Um, I thought I saw some stuff. Uh, sorry. That's all right. Jeff, anything in anything uh, rattling around in your brain housing group? Well, the fact that uh, uh, Senator Manchin basically uh, voted against the Build Back Better blather thing, you know, that uh, that the uh, Democrats and the president specifically were pushing, <clears throat> which is a, appears to be an act of political courage not often seen. However, he's always been a pretty good representative for West Virginia. He's been in, you know, in positions there since since the beginning of this century you know, different jobs. He was governor for a while. He was attorney general. And he he knows, he, he says, hey, it's not a big mystery. You know, I got elected by these people and they expect me as, you know, to do things that I said I would do for him during the campaign. You know, voila. You know? And so he's actually doing that. So, so that's the big thing for me. That's kind of caused, you know, some problems in the uh, Democrat Party, which I'm not a Democrat, not anymore. And, uh, <laughs> I have like Schadenfreude. I'm, I enjoy their pain, so you know. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch the uh, the president's thing on COVID the other day, oh, um, but it it's uh, it's something in the trip I took, the two trips I've taken in the last two weeks. So I went to the Army Navy game, eighty thousand people on the East Coast. And I went to Vegas. And, uh, you know, you can sit in an airport now and not wear a mask. You'll hear the announcement, you got to wear it all the time. But there ain't anybody enforcing it. There's nobody enforcing it in Las Vegas. 80,000 people. That's right. So the, so the people have sort of gotten beyond this. But the, the fear that's trying to be driven from the top is still it's just it's really bizarre to me still um and it just uh it it uh the you know the the whipsaw a couple of weeks ago someone asked um uh, Pisaki about sending home testing kits to everyone and she says well how are we going to pay for that well, now it appears that they want to send home testing kits to everyone. Um, and I, I mean, I listen when you're in the airport and you're on the airplane, you can't help it. You're hearing the federal government put their thumb on you. But, but you're sitting on the airplane where you know that the CEO of Southwest Airlines has basically said, there's no reason to wear a mask on our air, airplane. And you're hearing people say, for your own safety, you know, wear this mask. And this idea of we're here to take care of you and for your own safety. But then on the other hand, if you don't do it, we're going to smash you. Um, it uh, The people are ignoring it as much as they can um so i don't know what you know i don't know what 
what the government, the administration, thinks they're going to do. In fact, me and my son were talking about this this yesterday, and and the only thing I can come up with is, um, you know, no one is going to tell. The, the, the people at the top are too, in, too invested in this, and no one's going to give them a contrary word. But it's pretty stunning uh, how the average American, seemingly to me, in two pretty large gatherings of people, don't seem to care about any of this crap. Uh, but the government keeps driving it. And where <clears> does <throat> it end? You know, You're right. Where does You're it right. End? California, I know, um, just announced last week. You all got to wear masks, you know, and when you're inside and, you know, they're going to crack down again and nobody, nobody paid any attention. For sure in Orange County, they don't. Right, right. When I was, I was down there in the, in La Jolla yesterday in the MCRD, you know, the military will obey the rules, but except if you go to like Camp Pendleton and you go to Horno or, or uh, San Mateo where 5th Marines and 1st Marines are, we're like uh, we're we're in Flores, where Recon and LAR are. They, uh, they nary a mask is seen in those places. However, if you're in the meth area or you're in, um, you know, uh, the uh, main side we used to call main side area, people are masked up. If you're over at the MLG and the wing, they're masked up. You know, but uh, you're right. There's and I was in the airport in Vegas yesterday. And uh, everybody's got the mask down below their nose, you know, and they're eating, they're chowing down like crazy. They're crowded over at the bar. The only time it gets a little bit, uh, it gets sticky again is when you get on the airplane. Right. Then they, uh, then these people who, who used to be, they're waiters and waitresses, you know, now all of a sudden they're police there to protect us from ourselves. You know, it's like uh, this bullshit all started with the seatbelt thing. you got to have your seatbelt on. Why the fuck do I got to have my seatbelt on? If I'm stupid enough not to wear one, you know, why, why does that affect anybody else? Well, it's the same thing with seatbelts. People say about the vaccine. Well, is it? Because if I'm vaccinated and you're not, ha ha on you. You know, I'm, not, I'm immune now, right? Except, as we all know, you're not immune. I, I, I got the third shot yesterday. <clears throat> and people say... You must be crazy. And people say, well, I'll tell you, because... I fly a lot and I go a lot of different places. Uh, and uh, if I got to go somewhere and, and I get hit with, you got to prove that you got the booster yeah. now before we let you fly. Do I believe in it? Fuck no. Like uh, there are people very close to me. You know, you know, we do have a, a listenership of probably several dozen people. And uh, one of them might rat me out, but uh, people very close to me, they're not. And I'm like, more power to you. You don't want to, then don't. No, I got it because I think if I get this shit again, then it'll probably lessen. I won't lose my sense of taste like Will did and uh, or my sense of smell. You know, there'll be less. I kind of I'm saying I I believe it will be a less of a I'd suffer less from those uh, those, you know, symptoms if I have it. But you know what? I really don't care that much, but it's free. So what the fuck? So I got it. Do I think now that I've got it? Tell me you you guys got to get it now. Otherwise, you're not as good as me. Not in the least. Yeah, I, the I, th- I think what you're seeing around the country is what afflicts the nation, and that is we have weak people that get elected to public office. I won't even 
use the L word because they're not that. And so when these things happen, you know, they sit down with their little cabal of idiots and they say, how do we look? You know, if we don't do this, you know, we're not going to, we're going to be accused of not leading on this issue. So, but I, you know, so, you know, they have enacted these draconian measures and I agree with Jeff. I mean, they're certainly being ignored in Orange County. <clears throat> the restaurants remain open. The mask thing is as it was, you know, and, and people are going about their lives. And, and I think everything that we've seen since this thing started has told us that whether you enact draconian measures like the state of California put in place or you don't like the state of Florida, you know, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of difference in, in terms of where they land in the broad spectrum. They tend to land in the same place. So so why why the draconian measures? And have we learned anything since we started? And I would say, watching this, no. You see the same panicked, irrational shit, kids not going to school. I mean, and at some point, keeping children isolated. I mean, we all, I think... Anybody who knows anything about raising kids knows that that's not fucking good. And so, um, <clears throat> wow. Look at I got. That's love right there, man. Yes, that, it is. That is love. The, um, and so. This is in the forlorn hope that I won't get drunk sometimes, but I still will. So, <laughs> thanks anyway. The, <laughs> so, I yeah, just see, I just see it as just, it's cosmetic horseshit leadership and that is one of the things that plagues our country and to relate it back to senator mansion i mean you don't see what he did very often and then you see the public indignation that one person could hold this whole thing up and then somebody said well it's actually 51 votes in the senate it's not one person <laughs> yeah. right yeah and yeah yeah that, this guy to come back yeah that that as that aside right and so to me it's just this weak-ass leadership that is really the scourge of the nation, and I don't know, it's just this. Yeah. Two two things on that. Item one: these different places didn't didn't end up landing in different places. Florida is much better off than New York, California, New Jersey, results wise. They they went a different path and they ended up in a better place. The second thing is, you know, it's interesting that the people in California are ignoring the mandate. the The idea that large bodies of people or uh, subordinate uh, sort of entities can ignore the law. Think sanctuary cities. Yeah. Think Second Amendment sanctuary counties mm -hmm. in Virginia. And I think people in general, you know, it's something that Victor Davis Hanson put in his book, The Dying Citizen, when a lot of people or a lot of organizations are able to ignore the law. Yeah. It's not... Typically, good results don't happen from those right. things. And, and the government's overreach in this mass mandate and soon... To, and now, um, you know, cities on the East Coast putting in the requirement for private entities to enforce... The vaccine mandate, you know, do you think bars and restaurants in Washington, D.C., and New York City and Boston are going to prevent their customers from coming in? Um, so, yeah, they're not part of the, 
the, the government is inflicting themselves on people who have small businesses. People who have big businesses, they're allied, you know, Bezos and Walmart and everything. Those things they want to keep open, especially if they're selling booze and stuff. But the, 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 the type of thing that makes America go, the guy who owns, you know, gas station, the guy who owns restaurant, you know, that's the stuff that's being attacked. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you, there's been a time in our history when everybody ignored the law and we had bad consequences from it. And it was prohibition. I mean, basically the whole 20, 12 years from 19, basically January 1920 until, like, you know, almost 1933, 34, people just disobeyed the law in, in different places to different degrees. What it resulted in was massive local corruption to where people could be bought off. And what that led to is the uh, huge uh, influx of drugs, you know, and uh, and human trafficking that happened all during the, uh, it got worse and worse you know, ever since Prohibition ended in the mid-30s. People were used to making money by, by thumbing their nose at the government. And in different ways, they continued. And I think that's what will happen. People, you know, if, if you can disobey the government when it tells you to, uh, you know, to not wear a mask, then is it, a, is it a big step if you can disobey the government when it tells you to not sell fentanyl to kids? You know, I mean, more people will break the law because there's not that many consequences. And, and you're right, because uh, we had all these people burn down cities and never get prosecuted. Not, they're out of jail, right? They walk into the jail and out of the jail. The d- district attorneys chose not to prosecute these crimes. And to this day, they're going in their mass looting of stores in California and other places, Chicago, you know, New York. And uh, those are not being, uh, you know, they're not being enforced. But that those guys who in the Capitol, you know, on January 6th, they're in jail still. A lot of them haven't even been charged yet. So there's corruption and injustice as a result of ignoring the law. And so when you make a law as, as that, as the, uh, the Burgermeister said in the classic Young Frankenstein, if you're going to have a riot, you better make damn sure you get a good reason for it. Because uh, that's where we're, we're getting to. <laughs> People are thumbing their nose at the law because the law is has been uh, propagated only to help certain segments of our society. And and as Victor Hansen would say, that's what causes, you know, civil war, for sure. You, you guys ready to do, uh, Jeffrey, the intellectual history of, the world is that what the class you took? No, it was Europe and the United States. Okay, um, Europe and the United <laughs> States. Okay, you want to? Are you ready to do a little bit of economic world economic trivia? Go yeah, for this it. is not my bailiwick, but yours. But you, yours. you'll pull it out of your ass, I'm sure. Okay, <clears throat> in Asia, obviously China is the largest economy with a um, gross domestic domestic product of 16.86 trillion dollars who's number two japan jeffrey and don't forget india is in this mix as well yeah i'd say india then well would you like to reconsider no is that your final answer that is japan 5.1 india 2.95 followed by south korea at 1.8 Okay, Europe, what's the largest uh, economy 
by gross domestic product in Europe? Germany. Yeah, I agree. 4.23 trillion. What's number two? Uh, I'd say England, United Kingdom. Yeah, I would say UK. You would both be right. 3.11 trillion. Who's number three? France, you're probably France, yeah. Yeah, I, I would offer you France, Italy, Spain, Russia. Uh oh, Will just took his glasses off. This shit's just got serious. Probably, I, yeah. I hadn't really considered Russia, oil money. You're maybe teasing me, but I think I could change to Russia. Jeffrey? No. Because I have no idea. So I might as well stay with the first answer I had. The first guess that I had. Which is France. Yeah. Ah. Jeffrey, you would be correct. 2.9. I I was sure of it. (laughs) 2.94 trillion. Italy, 2.12 trillion. Russia, $1.65 trillion. That puts them south of south korea in terms of an economy and yeah. give and given their oil i mean then nobody else is even going to work in russia yeah that i mean it's there they are arabs without the sand right <laughs> nothing gets produced in saudi arabia but oil nothing gets produced in russia except for oil yeah that makes sense all right so don't you that they're running an economy based on Extracting resources from the ground is is not a just you know it doesn't unless, do anything for unless you're the family in power. Yeah, and unless you basically have unlimited, yeah, you can get a very narrow wealth. So, got yeah. it. All right, how, let's go to the Western Hemisphere, uh, the Americas, if you will. United States, largest economy in the world, twenty two point nine four trillion dollars. Who's number two? You have Canada, Mexico. Brazil, uh, or it would be the candidates. Who's number two? I'd say Brazil. I think Canada. Canada. Your your winning streak, your swag streak ends at one, Jeffrey. Canada. Two, <laughs> I two, hate Canada. <laughs> two, so do I. Two, two, <laughs> so do I. Um, the, um, and can, Canadians hate America. When I lived in North Dakota, they would come across the border... All they would do is talk shit about how Americans are idiots and, and you know, our government's a bunch of idiots. And, um, but anyway. And just like, why are you across the border? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you here? You're, you better get out while the getting's good. <laughs> <laughs> Canada, $2.2 trillion. Okay. So Russia, their economy south of Canada, south of South Korea. I mean, it's the landmass alone. You would think, come on, even if they go to work part time, they've got to produce something. And then Russia. Okay, so after Canada, who's next? I offer you Mexico and Brazil as choices. I say uh, Mexico. Yeah, I have to say Mexico too because uh, they, they have a kleptocracy there, kind of, you know? Um, well, and let me ask you, let me ask you this. So, why, if given the things you both just said intellectually, 
And you're men of intellect. We know that. Why would you just contradict your uh, your your prior premises? Because Mexico is powered by oil, right? Petrochemical. Uh, no, oil isn't. Oil is a piece of Mexico, but there's a lot of oh. manufacturing in the northern border area. Got it. Okay. All well, right. I'll explain why to you there, Mister Scab Picker. <laughs> Yeah. It's Brazil. I mean, it's Brazil. Both of you were wrong. And, and you were wrong because... This, I hear shit from you guys that I didn't think of, and it makes me change my uh, <laughs> my mind on stuff. And then to be castigated for that, <laughs> it's a bitter injustice. To, to be castigated... <laughs> stamped out right now. <laughs> to be castigated for my own intellectual floundering is irritating. God damn it. Yeah. Um, Brazil at 1.65 trillion, Mexico at 1.29 trillion. So just a little economic trivia I saw this morning uh, that showed the world broken down by GDP. And I thought that was interesting. If, If you were a betting man, and will you are, will Vladimir Putin invade, um, Ukraine? See, I, I, I really have done some thought about why I say the Ukraine. I believe that comes from reading World War II history when the Ukraine was, you know, a region, you know, and I know it was a, prov- a province, but it was kind of a territory that the Germans looked at. Yeah, they you're were. right. They'd call it the Crimea, too. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Je- Thank you Jeffrey. Um, now that we've solved I mean, that. You might be wrong. But I'm seeing the <laughs> it doesn't matter. The fact that you, the fact that you said it right and it's recorded digitally, is all we need. Um, so, William, if you were a betting man, um, do you believe that Russian troops will move into, will invade? I don't mean fuck around on the border without yeah, their Russian patches on. Uniformed formations. I think that that likelihood is low. I think I would need significant odds to bet on the Russians there. So you would need significant odds to bet on the Russians. Yeah, I I think there's less than one in six chance. You'd have to give me like nine to one odds for me to take the Russians on that bet. Wow. Okay. All right, Jeffrey. Jeffrey's Jeffrey's rotating a water bottle cap in his hand like it's a like it's a gambling chip. No, no, no! Like oh, it's a dice from the cane, ball. the cane mutiny. No, doing this, yeah, the ball there you're yeah. right. It's like I am. I'm like Captain Queen, and I will. <laughs> he find is out like Captain Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Wait, Captain Quig? That's a different story. Yes. Uh, no, Captain Quig no. is the CEO of uh, the cane. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Jeff's wondering who ate the strawberry ice cream. <laughs> yeah. No, strawberries. Strawberries, that's right. right. He came back to my Vegas. Who like, ate the strawberries? My, my Uncle Chet claimed before he died that he ate the strawberries. <laughs> he was on a destroyer minesweeper in the Pacific at that time. But um, anyway, um, oh, fuck. I had something really trenchant and apt to say, and it's gone somewhere. Okay, in hold on, hold on. Cobwebs in my brain. Let me, so, Jeffrey, you okay. if you were a, a betting man, and, okay, yes, about, now I'm back. I'm back. I'm clicking on all cylinders. Okay, I think in this case, it's slightly uh, analogous to Hitler before he actually clicked off safe. To what he started doing was grabbing a province here, 
and a province Alsace Lorraine. You know, he gets uh, he figures out a way to break up Czechoslovakia and end up and acquiring it. He wa- he walks into Austria, and I think Putin would look at pieces of the Ukraine and uh, look at doing stuff like that to give him. And I don't know what his motives would be. I'm just not that up on the you know that type of uh, military geography there and, and there. But I think he would try and get more access to like the ports in the south and uh you know he, he they i don't know the specifics of what's uh what he would want but he could take chunks of the ukraine without taking the whole country well he offered a list of demands like late last week right and that is yeah. nato had to agree uh that they would not allow uh ukraine and any of former soviet nations to be members of nato and there was a couple, I mean, and, and there was all stuff that would be flatly rejected. And so you're thinking, okay, so he's, he sent the troops there. So this is a made-for-TV event. What is it costing him to send them there if he's printing worthless Russian money? Um, and he's using Russian petroleum. It essentially costs him nothing in terms of hard currency. So he can do that forever. So he's, he's, he's staged this TV event. And now he's beginning to manipulate it, accusing the West of 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 threatening the Rodina, and um, that's motherland for all you non-Russian speakers. Um, <clears throat> and so, what is the end game of it? What does he want? Does he actually want Ukraine territory? And so, I'm I I watch it with curiosity because he's pretty good at doing this, at manipulating, and then and then after he does this, then what he. <laughs> After he threatens somebody else, what he's great at is he flips the table over on you and say, yeah, the reason I'm doing this is because you've threatened me. And you're standing there going, what? Yeah, he says, I'm worried about NATO expanding to the east. Yeah, attacking Russia. And, And so on that premise, the next step when he went into the Crimea was native Russians, right, are being set upon by Ukrainians, and I'm not going to stand for that as, yeah, the, as, a, as they beseech me to protect them. That's another from the Hitler playbook. That's what Hitler said that was going on in Poland. The ethnic Germans were being set upon and having their asses regularly whipped by uh, drunken Poles, you know? And so that was one of the excuses he gave for invading Poland in 1939. <clears throat> so, I mean, he might do that. I'll, I'll tell you this. The less resistance he gets, the more of this shit he'll pull. Yeah, no, it's the the less we have, the lesson of history, right? Weakness begets yeah. conflict. The um, yeah, I don't. I, I think he will take. I you know again, I'm curious why he's staged this. Um, whether it's to to increase Russia's place in the international state theater. I think it's internal consumption. I think it's Russian domestic politics. Really? Yeah. He's got to continue this. Well, you just talked about it. How many people are in Russia now? 150 million, 200 million? Yeah, it's small. Population's down. They don't have much of an economy. He needs to keep, uh, I think, as a distracting kind of thing, prove his power. I don't know. Because what's the use otherwise? The Russian population in 2020 is 144 million. 
Yeah. That's what J- I said, 150. Japan is 225 million. Yeah. That's stunning. Stunning. Well, it's decreasing. I mean, the you know, it's aging and it's it's sick. Alcohol, uh, et cetera. That's been going on right. uh, since a breakup that became pretty apparent. So almost 30 years now. 100, 100, 144 million, a uh, an economy that is absolutely minuscule, 1.6 trillion, right? I mean, which is which is stunning when you, I mean, Italy at 2.12, um, Saudi Arabia at 0.84 trillion. Name one thing that the Russians make. That you want that I want? Vodka. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not vodka. a I'm not a vodka drinker. Yeah. I don't even know if they do that. Yeah, I drink Ukrainian vodka myself. Do you? What do, what what what, yeah. what brand do you drink, Jeff? Um, I was drinking Old Kiev for a while because I have to say it's cheap. But um, <laughs> now, like if I go, I, that's my usual drink when I go into it. I get a vodka tonic, and I, they say, I like this. There's this brand of vodka that's the best. It's called Well Vodka. Wells? <laughs> yeah, Well, because it's the, it's the cheapest vodka they keep in the bar. So <laughs> I figured after one of drink, I'm not going to be able to taste it anyway. So when I, I turned to like Will when he got COVID. I can't taste anything. They could pour piss in the thing. For me. I think on occasion people have. But uh, So, yeah. That was a joke. Well, vodka is like the cheap shit they serve. You know? oh, I, I thought it was a brand name. The, the um, what do they make that you want? There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, prostitutes. There's Russian prostitutes in every port in the world. When my kids were in the Marine Corps, they would report to me that there's Russian prostitutes. And friends told me. Yeah, and uh, they yeah, my, <laughs> they're in the they're in Bahrain. They're everywhere everywhere again a declining what do they make that you want yeah. they don't make anything so wow no it is stunning when you i didn't realize their population was that small if you had asked me i would have said that it would be approximately that of the united states 300 million yeah i saw oh, that. No, 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 no. i yeah. saw it yesterday i thought holy shit because you know i always think of when i started thinking of population the first time i paid attention to it was when i was learning about the second world war and during the second world war the russians i.e. the Soviet Union, which is all the republics there, was about 200 million people to start. And the United States was barely 120 million in 1941. Germany, 88 million. Um, Japan, about 90 million. You know, the odds were Brits, the Brits, like 40 million. It was, um, and so I always think of it in those terms. But then to find out what you just said, Mac, 150 million nowadays, in today's, time they really have uh you know they're not uh too much birth control going on there in russia but well, you but you look at the, you, you look out. at the land mass though i mean i mean the land mass of russia is is ginormous man you look at it i'm looking at it on google on google earth and you look at the land mass that is russia and you've got to be able to extract more than 1.65 trillion out of that shit. That's the problem. All they do is extract. They don't produce. Well, even if you, know, you we extract, have a value added. we have a value added. I mean, we outproduce Russia in oil. 
they have some strategic minerals, but they're also their their extraction industries are very inefficient because they haven't invested in that. You know, the greatest companies in that are in the West, particularly in the U.S. Um, so they're inefficient at doing those things, and it's not a way to build a massive economy. You know, you got to produce stuff and do value add. We're the vast. Where the vast majority of Russian um, people located? In Western Russia. Yeah, Moscow. You know, Moscow environs, etc. No one lives in Eastern Russia. St. Petersburg. You know, those places. Hmm. I'm looking for an image that shows population density in, oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, no one lives out there. It's like how many people live in, oh, the United States, 330 million people. But when you come to the West, nobody lives in the West, right? <laughs> you drive through it? It's like, yeah, it's unbelievable. We could have a population of like 600 million if we used a little bit of this real estate. We could have a population of 3 billion. You're right. You're right. You drive through the I West, think. and it's just, it's just amazing. From Kansas City to Denver is 600 miles. Yeah, nothing. God bless them. There's nobody out there. <laughs> oh, and the people yep. in Lawrence would say, "We're here." Yeah, the people in wherever, but Eastern Colorado. Yeah, you get to Garden City and places like that, you start seeing the Rockies, and they're still five hours yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's and that's where <laughs> people live. And that's Colorado. the dense part of the West. We haven't even <laughs> talked about Nevada. Yeah, yes, Utah. Nevada. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. New Mexico, right? Yeah. The land so, that time forgot. You drive through Alamogordo, Atomic yeah. Lanes is the bowling alley still. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome, yeah. It's awesome. No, but you, when you look at Russia like that, um, so all for internal consumption, the, the vast majority of the Russian population, this is kind of an interesting um, map because it, it is uh, kind of a one of those maps that are taken at night, right, where, where there is light. And Russia is most bright in the area, in the vicinity of the Ukraine, right? And then it kind of slews across southern Russia, and it gets slowly gets dimmer and dimmer as you go further to the east. So it's, it's brightest as it, as it centers around Western Europe. And then as you move east, it goes south and it goes east and it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then as you get towards China, it goes dark. So there you have it. Russia Today, here on All Marine Radio. The, um, all right, what are you reading, William? Uh, I just finished uh, that book on, uh, on the Afghan war and... Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't give you the title or the author again. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, and, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I knew the general outline, but when you get into the detail of that, it's pretty horrifying how bad they were. Who wrote it? Um, I want to say a guy named Bruce. George yeah. Bruce, Yeah, I think. Um, so I think it's called That's Retreat, a Retreat Contemporary. from Kabul. He's a contemporary thing right i mean he wrote it back then yeah. 
uh, he used the sources then. I don't know. I don't think it's that old. Um, but he, 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 I mean, the bibliography is pretty, uh, pretty deep. So it was, and it's, it's well-written. Uh, uh, and now I just picked up a book that's caused me great pain. Um, it's the one by Molly Hemingway. It's about the twenty. Oh yeah, I, and I think it's called Rigged. Rigged. I read. I got that on my Kindle too last week. Yeah. Ugh. It's, yeah, it's, it's very disturbing. It is. Um, so, yeah, the things you learn about the U.S. election process and things behind it. You know, people have no idea. They think that elections are just run by upstanding citizens and the local commissioners and it's on both sides of the aisle mm-hmm. elections are unbelievably dirtier than even i thought and this one um in 2020 may have fundamentally changed the country forever if we don't if we don't return or or get to a place where the idea that people actually vote and those particular votes are counted um, that could be a trigger for really bad things because we're just not there in a whole lot of places right now. So. Yeah, and countries like France and uh, other countries in Europe have have banned the idea of uh, voting machines and uh, mail-in ballots and stuff like that because of just that. You go in, you, you either scribble or you push a button that says, you know, yay or nay for this person or that person in those places. And I hate to... Yeah admit that you know they're they learn that lesson you know it's too uh well no i mean in in uh even before in the run-up to the last election um any expert who has asked about voter fraud correlated voter fraud with mail-in ballots mail-in, yeah and it's no secret right. that a certain political party knew that and absolutely leveraged that right. so mm-hmm. Well, no, and then you read the stories about you know you know ballot harvesting and and uh, then uh, the stories that came out of the Somali community in Minneapolis were you know were like hey look we'll you know we're, we'll pay you for the ballot we need your signature blah 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 and we'll come by and get it. Um, Jeffrey, what are you reading? Well, I'm reading a couple of things. I'm reading uh, rereading a book by a friend of mine, uh, Ken Kirkaby, called uh, Red Stick One. He wrote three fiction books, Red Stick One, Red Stick Two, and The Tournament. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, he, he's communicated with you, I think, a couple times, Mac. You yeah, know, he's, he's a real smart guy. Yeah, he, smart uh, guy. And, and yeah, he was a well thought, articulate, uh, yeah. awesome, great guy. Yeah, he, uh, so he re- wrote these three books. And the first one, I helped him a little bit because uh, he wanted to know about like recon practices, you know. Because when I was in recon, as an enlisted guy, we were doing the same shit they did in Vietnam. To the point where, you know, what you'd have shackle sheets. That, and for those people who are listening, <laughs> there are these things you get so you can send encoded grid coordinates and other numbers you don't want the enemy to get. But we never, we a lot of times we never could get them. So we'd use words like uh, scuba diver, S being zero, and R at the end being nine, right? And then you'd use scuba diver or another one was tiger's fuck it's got to be a, a word that's 10 letters long that doesn't repeat any any of the letters so uh and something you can remember so i i helped him a little bit with that but this 
they're good stories. And it's about a guy who's a, a game warden in uh, Florida who's wor- working to solve a crime. But he's a former Marine who uh, who uh, is wounded in Vietnam, and he gets wounded doing BDA. Um, BDA is a mission that they would give reconnaissance units when the Air Force would drop tons of bombs, particularly in the northern area that we talk about, you know, Mac. And they'd send, well, we want to see, go in there and count up all the arms and legs and divide by four and tell us how many NBA we kill. And that's a dangerous mission because if they did score, you know the Vietnamese are there in force and they're looking for people doing just that. So he, he, and he does a good job of laying that out. There's that. And then he also sent me this. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's a DVD set of the TV show during the 60s called The Lieutenant. And, uh, the guy who produced it is uh, Gene Roddenberry, who did later did Star Trek. But it's got everybody. I, I, I watched this st- stuff back in uh, 2017, 18, uh, when I was over in Afghanistan as, as uh, a counter-corruption advisor. And because I was so successful in my counter-corruption efforts, I had a lot of spare time, like, you know, an hour or so a day. And I'd watch these. And, uh, like, Robert Vaughn is, is in it and Eddie Albert. They're playing Marine, you know, Marine, Marine officers. And uh, basically problems a lieutenant has and it's the other amusing thing about it is it's right there it's right at camp pendleton it's right in our stomping grounds like you see him at flores you see him at fucking uh you know at horno canyon and shit like that so it's uh and they got m1s and the old teams, you know and uh it's good and there's one episode where he goes to they they tad him temporary additional duty down to uh San or Diego to boot camp. traveling around drunk. Yes. Well, he wasn't drunk. He's supposed to pretend to be a recruit down in MCRD, and they put him in uh, this uh, platoon where they suspect the drill instructor is abusive. Now, remember, this is like 1962, 63. Of course, it's their job to be abusive in those the days. The drill right? instructor was abusive. And, the, and it was, the drill instructor was ripped torn. Oh, shit. And, man, he looks like a fucking <laughs> twisted steel in those days, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he's chewing ass. This guy he goes, I don't think you know you're up from your down. You don't know you're in from your out. You know, he's like, and they're in Quonset huts down there in MCRD. So it's it, 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 it's amusing to watch. So I'm doing that. That's why I'm going to while away my hours here during the Christmas vacation. Well, it's good to As know. It's good to know you'll be productive. I will. <laughs> I will not do a goddamn thing. The um, I read this yesterday. And I'm just going to read you the first paragraph. Uh, we all know uh, retired Colonel Mark Kansian, uh writer and thinker and, and whatnot. But the headline in Forbes is this, a piece he wrote, the troops are not terrorists, colon, parsing the violent extremist numbers. And I'll just read you one paragraph. Recent headlines have suggested that violent extremis- extremism is rampant in the U.S. military. This is untrue. Although violent extremism does exist in the military, it is extremely rare. The impression arises from conflating, quote, personnel with ties to the military with, quote, active duty with military personnel. The distinctions are critical. Violent extremism on both the left and the right exists in every element of society and must be opposed vigorously. When personnel impelled by these beliefs commit illegal acts, they must be prosecuted. However, tearing the military apart from identi- from, to identify small numbers of extremists would not only be unwarranted, it would be dangerous. Now, <clears throat> I mean, 
I just want to um, applaud Colonel Kansian because nobody's standing up and calling this what it is, which is another version of Marines United, right? <clears throat> the Commandant of the Marine Corps got blowtorched by the Senate. And, and you know, we've talked about it. General Neller, you know, should have pushed back, you know, because at the end of the day, I believe it was less than 50 active duty Marines and reservists ultimately got charged, you know, with this. And when queried about res, uh, about Marine veterans that were a part of this, the response was, ma'am, I believe they're called civilians now, okay? They're no longer Marines. So in a force of, of what, 280-some-odd thousand active duty and, and, and reserve Marines, less than 50, and the Marine Corps got drugged through the street, the pack order, you know, got got initiated the damage that that thing did to the staff and CO community over what? Over a TV charade. And now we're doing this again. And I would say with similar, probably less numbers than that. Definitely and you, less. And you have a hundred. You have the secretary. You have the secretary of defense standing up and saying this is a critical problem in the DOD. And so God bless Colonel Kanston for call, being one of the first person that says this is wrong and it has to stop. And uh, I, I don't – it's like the, the high-end conformists that occupy the senior position in the Department of Defense are, act, are killing the country because they will not stand up and tell the truth. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that with you. It's in Forbes. Uh, and uh, God bless Colonel Kanston for saying that. So anyway, uh, Merry Christmas, boys. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. What do you want for Christmas, Will? You want anything for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Yeah, what do you want for, other than everybody to be happy and peace? Domestic tranquility. All right. So, Jeffrey, what do you when want? you have people in your house, all you want is domestic tranquility. Oh, okay. All right. Domestic tranquility underneath your roof. I got it. Jeffrey, what do you want for Christmas? I want a mountain bike. Really? Uh, that's Las yeah. Vegas. That's a good place for it, right? Well, I'll I won't keep it here. I'll be I'll use it down here in California. Oh. Because uh you know, I mean with a minimum of gears because that gear shit always confused me on a bike, you know. So, I want something I can work out on without fucking killing myself. I can't, I, I run now. It's like I'll tell you what. When I run in public, only the apathy of the average American keeps me from being scooped up by, you know, an ambulance because I look terrible. People go <laughs> Someone help that poor man. Boy Scouts are running over to try and help him across <laughs> yeah, the street. Are you okay? Are you okay, I, sir? Get away from me, kid, before yeah, I kill you. Get away from me. I'm limping. <laughs> Can't you see I'm a, I'm on a morning limp? So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to get I'm going to get something like that so I can So, wait a minute. Uh but not a stationary bike. You you no, you would ride this. No, thing. I want to move. Got it. Cuz here's the thing too. I'm still there in San Clemente. Parking is a premium. So I leave my van in the space closest to the driveway. And you've been in that driveway, Mac. It's I like have been several times. Big. Yep. It's like it's like looks big, but it really isn't, you know. And uh, so I'll take that mountain bike and I'll pedal up to the bars and drink without <laughs> losing my parking space. And uh, there, you go. there you go. Yeah. And then I'll <laughs> talk to them about stuff and. See here, it's kind of like I thought. Well, I thought. Wait, I thought this was to get exercise. It is. Listen, you know, remember <laughs> Joe Twelve, right? Of course. 
well, we were in AWS together, and he, we went and we had a couple of drinks somewhere. I can't remember where. We come home, and uh, I, I said, shit, I was going to run. I used to run behind the housing there, do the horse trails, you know, and I was doing pretty good. But yeah, he goes, he goes, I'll run with you. And I go, we just drank, man. We had like two drinks apiece. He goes, so what? So, uh, so I ran, buzzed, and it was okay. I did yak, but <laughs> those who know me know that I oftentimes vomit anyway. It's one of my, you know, it's one of my pastimes. And, uh, and as I think back on it, when I was in embassy duty in Germany, I got drunk one time, and uh, there's no daylight savings time in Germany. So I'm home. At, the sun starts coming up at 3, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I'm going to PT now. Now, in those days, I was 20. I would run 10 miles a day. I'd do 150 pull-ups, 100 sit-ups, and 100 leg lifts, and then run. And uh, so I'm like laughing. I'm on the pull-up bar, like falling off and shit. But I did the whole thing. I got back to the Marine house. I slept for 12 fucking hours. And I woke up. I felt great. But I've never done that since. <laughs> never. And the moral so, and the moral of the story is that alcohol and exercise do mix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you got the guts for it. On that note. On that note, we'll end this thing. Will, good luck with your shopping today. Yeah, thank you. All right. Jeffrey, good luck with your nap today. Thank you. All right. And we'll talk to you, you later. Too. All right. Merry Christmas. Christmas, Max. Yep. Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. That'll do it on a Thursday. Yeah, who said that I wouldn't be able to get the Mensas to come on for four straight days? A version of them did come on, just for the record. So my thanks to them for making my week easy. Uh, and on that note, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And happy holidays to everybody else. Uh, I hope wherever you are listening to this, you have a, uh, you have a wonderful uh, holiday. If you don't, don't be afraid to reach out to friends and and uh, say, hey, man, I'm struggling. Do you have time to talk? Or just call and say hi. And uh, so, yeah, if you're struggling, don't fake it. With your best friends, reach out and say, hey, man, how you doing? And then uh, just reconnect with somebody. Yeah. And uh, all the contact information leads to me, so... If you want to give me a call, you're more than welcome to. So, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Holidays. Don't be afraid to change somebody's life. And if I can help you, uh, all you got to do is reach out. On that note, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm out.